Hello dear Echoers and welcome to a new episode of the Echo Podcast. I'm your new host Anya. And I'm your host Azar. I hope you're doing well and excited for today's episode entitled The Mysterious Case of Sherry Papini. Without making you wait any longer, stay with us until the end of this episode and let's get lost in the Echo. Sherry Papini Born as Sherry Grave, an American woman who was born in October 3rd, 1982. She was a resident of Mountain Gate, a small community near Redding, California. Sherry was having such a normal life. When she was 23 years old, she got married to Keith Papini in 2003. And later on, she had two beloved kids. She used to be a stay-at-home mom who was taking care of her children, taking them to the daycare and pick them up, while her husband was working to provide for his family. So we are now on November 2nd, warm and sunny morning, and as per usual, Keith leaves for work and Sherry takes Taylor and Violet to daycare before going back home, putting her sportswear on, taking her phone and going on a routine jog. Late to that day, Keith comes back home, but something is weird. Sherry and the kids are nowhere to be seen. Thinking that maybe she took them somewhere or had to make a quick stop, he calls the daycare asking at what time did Sherry pick them up. But they answer that the kids are still there and no one came for them. Knowing that his wife is a responsible woman that wouldn't have left the kids in daycare, Keith is worried. So he uses an app called Find My iPhone to track her phone that he's been calling for several times with no response. And it leads him to her usual jogging path. So he arrives at the location, finding no trace of her except for her phone delicately put on the floor. He immediately calls 911, and here is a clip of that call that we got for you. So I'm like totally freaking out, thinking like somebody okay, like what's just grabbed her. I couldn't find her, so I called the, the daycare to see what time she picked up the kids. The kids were never picked up, so I got freaked out, so I hit like the find my iPhone app thing. I found her phone, and it's got like hair ripped out of it, like in the headphones. And I took a picture of her phone on the ground before I picked it up. When's the last time you heard from her? Uh, she sent me a text asking me if I was coming home for lunch. And I said, sorry, long day. And that was the last. Do you know what she was wearing? Is there no something she always wears? I'm assuming she went running. So okay, is there? Athletic textbook. She ran with a dog or by herself? By herself. She just so started running again. Something happened to her is the way I'm looking at it. Now, things escalated really quick. From a peaceful normal day into a panic that shook Keith's feeling for such an unexpected incident. And without wasting any time, law enforcement and Sherry's family initiated a search for her real quick. The police worked with local agencies in the community to investigate her disappearance, traced her jogging path she used to take, trying to find any clue that may lead into anything. Search efforts included distributing flyers, conducting interviews, and coordinating with the public to gather information. A 34-year-old mother of two went missing while out for a jog. The case received widespread media attention, and both law enforcement and the community were actively involved in the search for Sherry. 
A reward was offered for any information relating the case, and the fund collection account was created by Keith Fapini's friends to help the family in search efforts. The account raised nearly $50,000 of funds. During the early stages of the investigation into Sherry Papini's disappearance, law enforcement considered various theories to explain her case. One of the theories was the missing wife went missing voluntarily. Some additional theories that were explored included the possibility of abduction by a stranger, human trafficking, or involvement in some form of criminal activity. Well, these theories were examined and evaluated as part of the broader investigations for this whole disappearance, but the law enforcement worked to gather evidence and information to determine the most accurate explanation for what happened to Shiri. But well, nothing is clear yet at this point. The search continues until the early morning of November 24th around 4 a.m. when a passenger calls 911 saying they found a lady in distress that will need help. Police arrives and from the first glance at that woman, they knew who she was, the one and only Sherry Papini. She's quickly been taken to the hospital and the doctors explain her injuries. She had a broken nose, bruises all over her body. She lost a significant amount of weight. Her hair was roughly chopped and finally she had a brand on the back of her right shoulder. Tests were run and they revealed that she wasn't subject of any sexual assault and that she had two DNAs on her, one feminine and the other masculine. Sadly, at that stage, the poor woman doesn't remember the details of the last 22 days and just wants to go home to reunite with her husband and children. After showing up from an unexplained mysterious disappearance, Sherry couldn't say a lot for sure. But the police had to proceed with their work in process and made several interviews with Sherry to get more details into what really happened. While Sherry claimed that her abductors told her that she was going to be trafficked into law enforcement, the only thing she said to the police was, two women. There was an older one and a younger one. They were Hispanic and they spoke Spanish a lot. She didn't say more than that to the police while she was in panic. So, of course, the police wanted more answers to get more details into this whole case. So while having her husband Keith by her side, where she can find comfort and speak, detectives came back again later for a second interview. But Sherry was still hesitating and scared to speak, not remembering much details. But still, she claimed that two Latina women abducted her at gunpoint and took her in a SUV to a location where she was kept chained up. And part of her story is a young woman in the location uh, helped her escape her abductors. And of course, this claim caused more confusion to the case. Police had very little to work with aside from the shady description of the suspects. It took investigators a full year to gather enough information from Papini about her abductors to release composite sketches of the suspect to the public. The whole case being publicized led to people having different opinions on it, and to some even doubting Sherry's version of the story, suspecting her of lying and making it all up. Their pleas being diverse, one of them is the fact that she said there were two women who abducted her when the DNA tests indicated it was a man and a woman, 
which for sure has no logical explanation. Another one is the position of the phone, as for when some people saw the picture that Keith took of her phone when he found it, they thought that it was almost too gently put on the road, and not a phone that fell from her pocket or hand when fighting her abductors. So the main question remains, why would she have made it up? Since this case made a lot of noise in the media and public in general, of course a lot of theories were made about this whole thing. Some of those theories goes like, first of all, voluntary disappearance. Initially some speculated that Sherry might have left voluntarily. Others said that there was a speculation about the possibility of Sherry being involved in some sort of criminal activity which might have led into her disappearance. And uh, also, like in many missing person cases, they were suggesting that personal disputes or conflicts in her life could have played this role. Other than that, the possibility of psychological factors such as mental health issues, miscommunication or misunderstanding with her husband, family issues or anything like that, and a lot of other theories. So, before getting to know what really happened to her, can you give a guess to the reason behind her disappearance? What is your theory about it? Let us know in the comments. After four years, so in 2020, and exactly the 13th of August, the police contacted Sherry and Keith to talk to them about some new informations. The whole interrogation is posted on YouTube if you guys want to check it up, but I'll try my best to summarize it for you. So, in the beginning of the interrogation, the detectives were asking her if she remembered some of the details, and she didn't give any um, clear answer apart from that she didn't remember anything. And we've been talking about that a lot because so many memories are so faded now. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. So, like, details and things like that, we did the best that we could to take notes on it and all of that, but a lot of it's really hard. Sure. It's hard to think about. What I want to draw your attention to is her husband's behavior as he was incredibly supportive, trying to help her remember patting her back the whole time, etc. Anyway, so after that, they told her that they found the man whose DNA was found on her and she went completely silent. So the detectives gave her the choice of whether she wanted her husband to stay in the room or not. And she didn't answer that either. The only thing she said was that he made her feel safe. They then left her and her confused husband alone and she told him that she didn't want them to arrest the young woman that helped her escape, and I quote, I don't want them to find and arrest her because she saved my life. She's the reason I get to hold my children, end of quote. So the detectives came back in the room and told her who the DNA belonged to, and that made her whole body language change from laughter and jokes to crying, not saying anything, and putting her face in her hands for the rest of the interrogation, by the way. And that should say a lot, I think. Now, I guess you're all wondering, who is that man? So, let me introduce James Reyes to you. 
her ex-boyfriend who was also her fiancé at some point. The detective spoke to him before and he admitted that she asked him to come pick her up, so he had to drive over 900 kilometers in a rented car. She kept denying saying that, that's not what happened, etc. But of course, DNA doesn't lie and his DNA was on her. James' family also said they knew she was at his house, and by the way, the room she described as the one she was held in is actually his room, so that's why she was so sure about the details. Anyway, the detectives asked her again about Keith, like maybe he was abusive, but she said, and I quote again, I love my husband and I would never leave my children, end of quote. She responded to all the questions that came after that with, I don't know, I don't remember. And here I'll leave you with another clip of the confrontation. So everything, you've told us so many truths in this situation. The reason why you can describe the room is because you stayed in the room in the dark for hours, for days on end. The reason why you lost so much weight is because you stopped eating. The reason why you got a rash on your arm is because you cleaned his house. The reason why the brand is because he went to the store, bought the brand new tools and branded you. The reason why your nose was broke is because of a hockey stick. I know all of those things and I know there was no sex. I know all of that because he passed a polygraph test. That said, it's not an abduction. She asked me to come here. No. I rented a car. No. I drove up and picked her up. He, he passed the polygraph test, Sherry. Her last words were, um, I am done talking to you until I talked to a lawyer. At the end of this interrogation, I was for sure impressed by how good of a manipulative person, a liar, and honestly just a bad person she is. Because what I didn't mention is she also tried to still accuse James of kidnapping her when the only thing the poor man did was help a friend in need without asking for anything in return. The last thing I'm going to be talking to you about is people's opinions after they found out that she made her whole abduction up. Some people pointed to how she used the resources and time that could have been used to help people who actually need them. And that, by her unbelievable commitment to the victim role, to the point of being willing to throw innocent people under the bus just to keep up her lie, and going to therapy for years talking about fake and existent trauma. Exes and people of her acquaintances even said that she was a compulsive liar and there are some rumors that she even faked cancer in college. And at the end, what pains the most is her husband being so eager to help her when all she did was lie to him for years and make him think that she went through something horrible. Not a very long time later, and as expected for sure, Keith Papini filed a divorce while he was shocked at the way he was fooled by his wife. Later on in her 40s, 
Sherry Papini was arrested and charged with making false statements and mail fraud. Prosecutors have said that Sherry's hoax kidnapping cost taxpayers more than $300,000 in wasted resources, including money she collected from the California Victims' Compensation Board and Social Security Disability Income. She was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison, double the amount of time requested by federal prosecutors. Papini said during the September 19th court, I am guilty of lying. I am guilty of dishonor. I stand before you willing to accept, to repent, and to concede. What was done cannot be undone. Even after her arrest and after admitting what she did, her true motive behind this hoax, her intention behind faking her kidnap are still not clear, since no statement was released regarding that. Many theories said that she did that because she was seeking for attention, maybe because she was running away from personal problems and issues, or maybe because she was suffering from mental health issues. So what about you? What do you think about that? What was her motive and her intention behind all of that? Let us know what you think about. As much as we like your company, our episode has come to an end. Thank you for listening. We hope you've had a good time with us. Take care of yourselves and until next time, we hope you got lost in the echo.